Good morning. Whoa, the Holy Spirit of God is here with us this morning. Yeah, I love you, sister. Yeah, and um, I'm so thankful. Man, there's some good stuff going on this morning. And uh, yeah, proud of Josh getting baptized, proud of Guy getting baptized, and what God's doing in their lives. And um, I was telling first service, I think that's what's so powerful about worship is because there's these truths in worship. Um, I'm learning from my wife that our minds, once we take a thought in, our minds in 90 seconds makes an emotion. So as soon as I'm working on something or I do something like, Rob, you idiot, in 90 seconds, because I buy that thought a lot. <laughs> in 90 seconds, I'm like, Rob, you're just an idiot. <laughs> Whatever thought it is, if you buy it in 90 seconds, you're going to start feeling that way. But that's what's so beautiful about the truth of God. It's what Romans 12, 2 says, Paul says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because when our minds are transformed and we're focused on we are sons and daughters of God. That's who we are. That we are forgiven no matter who we are, what we've done, what we will do. We are forgiven and loved by God. That's the truth. And when I believe that and get that in my mind, that makes a good emotion. And so it's just so important that we just focus on the truth of God. It makes a difference. It really makes a difference. And um, uh, this week, before I pray, this week was Dee Dee McGraw's birthday. Is Dee Dee here this service? There, where is she? Is she? There she is. Stand up, birthday girl. Let us see ya. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you got. There she is. And uh, I think she's feeling active and lively. Because uh, a few weeks ago, I overheard her uh, talking to another single guy in our church. And I just happened over here, and I'm like, what? But she went up to the guy, and she said, hey, um, you look like my second husband. <laughs> and the guy thought to himself, like, how many times have you been married? So he asked, well, how many husbands have you had? And she said, one. Hey! <laughs> that didn't really happen, but it's a good pickup line, people. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Didi. I knew you could take it. If you can't, I'll apologize later. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, let's pray together and uh, just, yeah, ask, ask God to stay right here with us, filling us with the Spirit. God, we thank you for this day. And Father, thank you for your Spirit being present with us. We love you and we need you. And uh, we confess that we are nothing without you. But may you bring so much worth to us because of your love for us. And uh, fathers, we're all in process. We'll be in process till the day we die. We just ask you continue to help us to look more and more like your son, Jesus. That's our prayer. We pray this in his name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Uh, I want to share a message with you. Uh, I've been thinking about it the last couple of weeks. And actually, I look back, it's like, it was about five years ago I shared this passage, and I thought, I want to share some same thoughts of that, but there was just a couple of things that have happened this week that have made me realize, like, oh, this is on my mind, so maybe I should preach about this or talk about this. And one of the reasons is Jennifer and I, my wife Jennifer and I, we, um, uh, on Monday night, there was a webinar by Dr. Henry Cloud, uh, who's a Christian psychologist, author, speaker, and uh, he did a two-hour webinar on Monday night. So we got home and pulled up our computer and took little notes and stuff. But he and another guy wrote a 
years ago a book called Boundaries. How many of you have heard of Boundaries? Have you heard of the Boundaries book? Yeah. And so he's kind of talked a little bit more about uh, those boundaries. And um, that's kind of what this message is about. I'm going to quote a few things he said. Um, but the name of it, I just titled it, Carry Each Other's Burdens. We could just go home after that, like, carry each other's burdens. Um, it's interesting, and I've said this before, but when the word church was translated into English, it became church, which then, as a Westerners, we've come to know it as a place that you go to. But that's never the original concept of the church in the scriptures. A church is not a place you go to. A church is a people. It's a people who have been called out from the world to God to accomplish God's vision and mission and dream in the world. And we'll talk about a little bit more what that looks like, but that really is it. And so through the scripture, there's not a lot of details about how to do this. When you gather together, it says, hey, do communion, pray, do some teaching. Um, but it doesn't really tell you a lot of details of how long you should sing or what style of music or what to preach about or how long to preach. But I told the first service, but Paul preached so long one day that a guy fell out the window and died. So we don't preach that long. We don't want anybody dying. But that, but there, so it doesn't really talk about that. But what it does talk about, what the scriptures do talk about, is 90% of being the church, the people of God, is relational. Not so much Sunday morning coming, and this is important, but as I always say, this is not the most important thing. It's, it's, it's loving one another. In the Bible, there's some 59 one another statements. There's love one another, forgive one another. Um, there, there's like 59 of those. I'm going to look at one specific one today, and it is carry one another's burden, or carry each other's burdens. So just to remind us, it's in the book of Galatians, but the apostle Paul writes this book, um, to confront some false teachers. So Paul came into town in the city of Galatia. He set up some Christian churches and he left. When he left, some teachers came in and began to try to take them away from the real gospel. And they said, hey, if you want to be a true believer, you got to be circumcised. Uh, if you want to be a true believer, you've got to eat certain foods. If you want to be a true believer, you got to follow all of these laws. If you do all these things, then you'll be a true believer. And Paul's reminding them through this letter. He says, that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. Remember the gospel. Remind, I'm going to remind you what the gospel is. And here's one great verse Jesus teaches us uh, in John chapter 13, th verses 34 through 35. Jesus teaches us this, and I think Paul is trying to remind the church in Galatia about this. Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another. We've talked about like, well, that's not new, but this part is, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So Jesus, here's the whole point, and it's our mission statement. If, you wanna, if you're looking for God's direction in your life, some people, sometimes God speaks to us. I think God is always speaking to us. But sometimes we get a sense of what God wants to do specifically or a specific calling. Sometimes we don't. But we can all do this. If you're looking for God's will, this is it. It's love God, love people, your neighbor as yourself, and bless the world. That's our mission statement. Love God and then love your neighbor as yourself and then bless them or serve them. So the whole point of life is loving God and serving people. That's, that, if you do nothing else, that is the gig. That's the gig. It's to love God and to serve people. 
And so Jesus is making it clear. He's like, hey, I, the command is love others like I have loved you. And by this, people will know that you're my disciples. And so Paul is coming along and saying, hey, you have been saved. You have been rescued. You have been delivered so that you can go and help other people who need rescued and who need delivered and who are wounded. He says, I'm reminding you that you've been saved to serve. You've not been saved to get something. You've not been saved uh, to solve problems or to become wealthy or to be smarter. You've been saved to wash the feet of other people just like Jesus did. So there are many people in our lives um, who are needing some help right now. We all need help at different times. And so the message this morning is carry one another's burdens. And we're going to talk through some of the things because there's a point where sometimes it's enabling and we don't want to be enablers, but we do want to be followers of Jesus. And so there's some unique points I want to point out. Um, so let's jump into it real quick. Love God and serve others. That really is the call. So Paul is reminding them of this in Galatians chapter six, starting in verse one. He says this, before I read that, here's the problem. This is what Dr. Henry Cloud said. What gets tricky is when we love, we automatically give of ourselves, and it feels we feel guilty when we don't give of ourselves, which we are to give of ourselves within boundaries, which is what we'll get at in just a second. Uh, but he says this, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. So here's the other thing about love. Love always wants the best for the other person. And sometimes confronting and dealing with something is the most loving thing you can do. That's love. See, sometimes we feel like, oh, that's not very loving. But I can't. But I would say this. You can do a good thing in a wrong way, though. And I think that's Paul's point. He's like, hey, restore them, but do it how? Gently. Gently is not coming with guns a-blazing. You've been doing this. I saw you. It's not that. It's like, hey, I got my own stuff. I just know through my own life, this is not serving me well. I think this probably is not going to serve you well if you keep doing it. Uh, just come gently. Because the whole goal, the whole goal of loving people is to help people be who they are called to be in Christ. And to help them go in that direction. So Paul says, hey, if someone is caught in a sin, just restore them gently. And then in verse 2, this is where the main part of the message will be. He says this, carry each other's burdens. Now, that burden might be a sin, but it doesn't just have to be a sin. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. This is beautiful. The word burdens, and Dr. Henry Cloud talked about this on Monday too, but the word burdens, think of it like this, a big boulder that is so big, one human being cannot hold it alone. It will crush them. Carry that boulder for each other. Because you can't do it by yourself. Oh, we're really good at trying to do it by ourselves, but eventually we get sick or something happens and we realize, I can't do this by myself. Don't get to that point. He says, carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's boulders. Sometimes, as I mentioned, it's a sin. Carry their boulder with them. Come alongside of them. There's different things that, that burden us down. I'll never forget um, in my own life, and we all probably could pass the microphone and give examples of this. 
Uh, in my own life, when someone came alongside anonymously and carried a boulder of mine, um, this is years ago when I was married to my ex-wife, and I, I have four kids, still have four kids, thank God nothing's happened to them, but they were younger, and I was younger, and I was pastoring another church, and you know, when you're young and you have four kids and life is expensive, it's hard to make ends meet, can I get an amen? Okay, good, you know what I'm talking about. So it's kind of, and so I remember our car went down. Took it to the service station. I took it to Urbanbeck's right there on the corner in Fort Thomas. And, you know, it never seems like it's an inexpensive fix. So he calls me back and says, uh, Mr. Roy, your car is ready. He said, it'll be $500. And I said, well, about that. No, I said, well, hey, uh, can you give me a few days before I pick it up? Yeah, that's fine. So here's the deal. I would have $500. I have a family of four, um, working, trying to make ends meet. And many of you know, finances can be a big boulder. I was like, I don't know. I, don't, I know I, the guy can't keep it in his lot forever, but I, I don't know when I'm going to get $500. So I, I can't remember how many days passed, but I got another call from Urban Beck. And he said, uh, Rob, come pick up your car. And I'm like, oh, no, no. He's like, somebody paid your bill. I'm like, come again? He said, someone paid your bill. Don't know who it is to this day. I, I have some suspicions, but I don't know who it is. Um, and so I went, I'm like, I'll be right now. <laughs> so I went down there and picked up the car. And I'll never forget that. There, that's just one of many examples. You all have the, I'll never forget that it was a boulder. I'm like, I don't know how to do. I don't know what to do. And yet someone came along and carried that. It's not always financial. It doesn't have to be always financial. But you've had that in your life where someone's come alongside you and just, and just helped you. And what that means, I tell you to this day, and Jen is like this too, it makes me want to continue to look to see how I can help people who are in my similar situation. As a young family, just taking us out to lunch and paying for the lunch. I'm not saying this so you all will do this stuff. I'm just saying it's good. Like, remember what has helped you. Because I think if we can get really good at discerning who's carrying boulders and come alongside of them, we will look more like Christ more and more and more. And that's the call. So there's these boulders. Um, and it might be a broken relationship. It might be divorce. That's a heavy, heavy boulder. It might be a, a loved one who has passed away or who is in the process of passing away. That's a heavy boulder. Can't do it by yourself. Maybe it's past mistakes. It's bad decisions. It's ongoing temptation. It's physical sickness or it's a metal condition. That can be a heavy boulder. Maybe it's an emotional, mental issue. That can be a heavy boulder. Financial, unmet expectations. Those can be heavy boulders. All of us have struggles. None of us are immune to the struggle. And maybe life has gotten too heavy for you. I know it has for some of us here. Maybe life has gotten too heavy for you. Sometimes it's because of our decision. Sometimes it's not. It's just life. But Paul says, if you see a brother or sister and life has gotten too heavy for them, don't just look at them and say, I'll be praying for you. Pray for them. Can, can you just get the picture? You got Atlas, you know, you got the boulder, but you're not Atlas. Because you you're like, oh, and someone comes along and says, hey, I'll be praying for you. You're like, okay, thank you. Like, boom. <laughs> and I think that's what we do sometimes. Like, brother, sister, I'll be praying for you. And they're like, I don't need your prayer. I need you to get this boulder off my back. Would you help me? And we just don't say, hey, good luck. I hope things go well. That Paul says, they need your help. The weight is crushing them. If you see somebody weighed down by the circumstances of life 
or by sin, help them out. See, here's what we like to do as human beings. Well, you know what they did? I'm not helping them. They made their bed, now let them lie in it. How many, that's, that's what everybody thinks. Well, here's, here's the beautiful news. When you look through the scriptures, you don't see Jesus or Paul teach that. Paul or Jesus does not say carry their boulders except if they've been stupid. If they've been stupid, don't help them. He doesn't say, that's not a teaching of the Bible. That's what we do, but that's not a teaching of the Bible. The Bible is when you see someone who's struggling, it doesn't matter if they got themselves there or not. It's irrelevant. They need help. Come alongside and help. And here's the thing. Bearing one another's burdens isn't fixing one another's burdens. That's a good one right there. It's not the same as fixing. It's walking through it with them. And that, that last part of the verse we just read is this carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Well, what's the law of Christ? To love others as I have loved you. That's what Jesus says. That's the law of Christ. So when we help folks come alongside and carry their boulder, we are actually fulfilling or completing the law of Jesus, and people will know that we're disciples of Jesus. They'll know that we're followers of Jesus by just the way I helped someone carry their boulder. John says this in 1 John 4, 12. It's a familiar passage if you've been in church any length of time. He says, no one has ever seen God. I've not seen God. You've not seen. No one's ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. See, nobody's seen God, but the Bible says God is love. So when you love and you carry someone's boulder, people see the revelation of God in you because you love for one another. It's not a small thing here, church. It's not a small thing. So, um, uh, I think what gets tricky is, especially in our family, because our family, we're supposed to help everybody and love everybody, and, and we are. We're supposed to give love. But there's just times it gets tricky, doesn't it? I know it does. You don't have to say yes, but it just gets tricky. Um, and here's the concern. Rob, if I do that, that's great. I don't mind. But I, people will start um, misusing and abusing that. Sometimes they do. Not all the time. Sometimes they do. Um, what do you do about that? It's almost as if Paul was anticipating this question, what do you do if, they, if they're going to try to use me? They might use me. Well, he says this in verse 5 of Galatians 6. He says, for each one should carry their own load. Carry the boulder, but everyone should carry their own load. Which means everybody's responsible for certain things in their own life. Um, that's not your responsibility. The boulder is your responsibility, but this word load, uh, where in verse two, burden was a boulder. In this verse, load here is more of a knapsack or a backpack. And in your backpack, you have all your daily rations. And it's like a, a, a soldier who had a backpack. Um, they might have flashlights in there. They might have a GPS system. They might have meals in there. They might have extra socks or batteries. They keep everything they need in their knapsack, in their backpack that they need. And they put it together. And we as believers, every day when we go out, we should have prepare our backpack. Whatever happens that day, we're responsible for some things. Um, and, and what also is in our knapsack a lot of time are emotions and feelings and thoughts and values and things that you cherish. Here's the thing. This is really wise. Life goes well when we help carry other people's boulders and crisis, but we don't take care of their knapsack. We don't take care of their backpack. Life goes poorly when we start picking up other people's backpacks. 
Now you have a problem. And that's not what Paul's talking about here. See, God never intended you to fix someone's emotions. God never intended you to fix someone's finances or fix someone's bad attitude. Have you ever tried to fix somebody's bad attitude? You can't fix somebody's bad attitude. God's never, he never required that of us. The question to ask is, in their knapsack, in their backpack, there's a part that they have to take responsibility for. Can they do this on their own? And if they can, that's part of their backpack. That is not your responsibility. Does that make sense? I think it's a great delineation of like when things begin to get to be enablement and when we're loving people because loving is not enabling them to continue on. I, it, uh, two of my youngest kids, some of you know, so I won't say names, but if you know them, you know them. Uh, but one of them in particular, I'm still trying to teach them the responsibilities of finances. As a parent, you know this. You, as, as, as a parent, like, oh gosh, I just want to help them out and they're struggling. Um, but there are things that they are responsible for before I can help them with other areas of their life. If I always help them and bail them out and they're not doing their responsibility, that's enabling them. That does not help them. It does not help them. Rob, thank you, Rob, I know, <laughs> I try to do it. And so, and, and, and so it's so important to understand that. Um, can you imagine when I, my car was out, but I didn't have a job, I could work, but I didn't have a job, and I'm just at home, and we're just hanging out with the kids, it's like, man, I need to get that car fixed, but I don't know how I'm gonna get it fixed. And someone came along and says, Rob, here, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fix that car for you. Well, thank you. That would be enabling me, because I could get out and work and make money to do that. But because I'm doing all that I can do, and so what's really important, Dr. Henry Cloud says this, I wrote this down. You are not required to give to irresponsibility or bad behavior, but to needs and burdens of others. It is the other person's job. It is their, in their backpack to get a job, to get clean, to have a better attitude, to solve financial problems. Um, that's, that solves a lot of the problems. It's their job to do all that. But along life, there comes crisis and boulders that one person cannot handle. Carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's boulders. Where might you be giving irris to irresponsibility or bad behavior or simply where they could be doing something for themselves? We are called to love and to serve, but not to enable and I think, um, yeah, the way of love is just, like I said, get really good at looking at people during your week and seeing when someone's going through a crisis and they're trying to carry a boulder by themselves. They need you. I need you. They need you. We all need each other. Now, be responsible for your own stuff. But along the way, That's where Paul's reminding them, like, hey, love God and serve others. Just love other people. Help them out. And in this way, you'll be fulfilling the law of Jesus. And the world will see God. So go and do that. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for you being the great example of all this in our lives. Um, thank you for when uh, I had the boulder, a crushing boulder of sin on my life.
and you came and you sent your son to die for me, to forgive me. And you took that and relieved me of it. And now I can live free. And I have my own responsibilities I need to take care of. And God, there's things that I, I do and things that I don't want to do and good decisions and bad decisions, but we're so thankful that you forgive us along the way. But Father, I pray for all of us here this morning, for those of us who are going through a burden kind of time um, that you would put upon our hearts to come alongside and help carry it. So give us discernment, God. Give us direction. Thank you for your hope in our lives, Father. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, there will be prayer ministers on each side of the stage. If you want to come up and just pray with someone, they would love to pray with you. Or if you just want to pray along the stage here, we'll make this an altar of prayer. You can come and pray. Uh, we're going to sing a song. It's a beautiful song about building our life on the love of Jesus. That's our call. Let's stand together and let's sing.